Unpacked, where we discuss the pull of the past every week. I'm your host, Allison Treat. I'm an author of historical fiction and a freelance editor. Welcome to my show. Hello, readers. Today, I'm going to share with you an interview I had with Henry O. Arnold. Henry, or Chip as his friends call him, has had a long career as an actor and an audiobook narrator. And we talk about that a little bit, but mostly we talk about his new biblical fiction book that came out in December. It's entitled A Voice Within the Flame, and it's in the first installment of his series entitled The Song of Prophets and Kings. So, Just as an aside, this series is being published by Whitefire, and Whitefire is the publishing company that Rosanna M. White and her husband run. We interviewed Rosanna in the very first episode, other than the trailer, of Historical Fiction Unpacked. So if you want to know more about Rosanna, you can go and find episode one. Um, But without further ado... Let's listen to my conversation with Henry O. Arnold. Henry, I'm thrilled to have you on the show today. Thank you, Allison. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Um, is it your first novel that released in December, A Voice Within the Flame? Well, my first novel was a co-authored um, okay. novel called uh, Hometown Favorite and uh, with Bill Barton. And that was um, an idea that he had, and and I was um, a hired gun to come in and write the book um, based on his idea. So, um, okay, so a voice within the flame that released in December. Can you tell us about that book? Yes, it is. Um, um, it is the first installment of a series that matches the first three major prophets of Israel with the first three kings of Israel. Now, there were other prophets prior to Samuel uh, uh, and, and <clears throat> in the biblical, you know, in, in the scriptures. But this is right. um, Samuel and, and Saul were the first, you know, combination of a, I guess you could say the, 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 the theocracy and the monarchy coming into, you know, leadership, prominent leadership roles in Israel, the country of Israel. And then it follows uh, Samuel, uh, Gad, and Nathan as the first, as these three prophets. And then, of course, Saul, David, and Solomon. Um, Okay. So So this particular book is about Samuel and Saul, right? Yes. uh, The first part of the... uh, book, well, the first two-thirds of the book deals primarily with Samuel as uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and his rise in Israel as the prophet and judge, and, um, <clears throat> and, um, and then towards the end of this first installment, this first novel, we see we are introduced to King Saul, or well, Saul, who is uh, later anointed uh, King and uh, the final, the final chapter in the um, in this first volume is the coronation of Saul before all of Israel. Mm. So um, uh, all the tribes gather and and uh, Samuel not crowns him king, but you know anoints him and Anoint, anoints and him. Announces, yeah. yeah, announces to the tribes that, and then it goes through the process of of casting lots. That that confirms Yahweh's appointment 
or choosing of Saul as king, and this is done in a public way. So <clears throat> it's a big uh, dr- dramatic ending to the first volume. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, so what was your inspiration for this book? What gave you the idea? Well, I guess, you know, I've loved, I mean, I love scripture. I love, um, it's part of my faith heritage. And and, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it, these wonderful stories that, that are in the Old Testament, or all, all through scripture, but the, the Old Testament stories that, you know, when you're kids, you grow up in Sunday school hearing about David and Goliath and you hear, you know, about Samuel and, and all these wonderful, wonderful, these stories, but you don't really, um, well, they captured my imagination and, and it's hard to do that, you know, uh, in a Sunday school class with a flannel graph and, and and little one dimensional characters that you move around and said, now this is what happens here and there. And you don't get any real behind what you would think of behind the scenes um, character development and, and um, you know, what they might be, all these wonderful characters might be feeling or thinking. And, and as, you know, as David faces Goliath, he, you know, we just hear what he says, but he's also got to be scared. Or we hear right. Samuel, you know, being in a sense as a child, um, being uh, left in the care of an old man, uh, Eli, the high priest, and and left by his parents, uh, you know, at a very tender yes. age. And you're going, the struggle with that of from Samuel's perspective or the struggle from that with, um, with, uh, um, uh, Hannah, you know, keeping her vow. Yes. I mean, just because yes. Hannah made a vow to the Lord doesn't mean that said, Oh, you know, she had no feelings about, um, you know, about leaving her child with this high priest and, and right. in, a, in a city that was far away, uh, from where they lived. And so, um, you know, I, I, that's one of the things that just, captured my imagination that says, what are these characters, what are their motivations and, and uh, for making the choices that they make. And, uh, Mm -hmm. and so I wanted to dive into that because I, you know, I've loved these stories and, and these personalities that are 3000 years old. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, very ancient. Um, yeah. Which is so different from, I write historical fiction about more recent history, and a lot of the authors I've interviewed also do, but there have been another biblical, a couple other biblical fiction authors I've interviewed too. Right. It just seems really um, challenging because it was such a different time. It is. It's a different culture. It's a different mindset. It's a different... Mm-hmm. I don't want to say like a different belief system, um, but it is, it it is a, um, it's fascinating. And it almost become, because it, it, those stories are so old, it almost, you know, bumps up against uh, the wonderful edges of mythology where you can, you know, where things that, that happen that are, are um, mysterious, um, um, magical, um, miraculous, yes. all of those things that that make um, to that 
make it close to, I hate to say the term fantasy, but it, it because it's not, to me, it's not fantasy, but it, no. has that, it has that wonderful element of a mysterious location, a mysterious time period where things can happen that don't happen in our everyday world. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, so you mentioned in my when you signed up to, for this this interview slot, you mentioned that it was a long and winding journey that brought this novel into existence. Can you ex- expand on that? Yes, I can. Um, I started. Well, I'm also an actor. Um, I, I I can do two things yeah. pretty well. I can act and I can write, and uh, and it's been you know I've been fortunate to be able to do that all my professional life. That's um, wonderful. But um, there was a, 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 a early in the early eighties, um, a theater that a company that I worked for um, the theater. I worked there for a couple of years and then moved on. And, um, and I thought in this time, I also got married and, and in this time of, uh, you know, transition, um, mm-hmm. I decided I would, I, w- I wanted to write one, a one man show on, uh, biblical character, the apostle Paul. And so I began doing that. And, and then, and, also one on Jesus and then on David. And I began to tour them um, uh, or go out on dates um, in the early 80s and began to, you know, find that this was this was really something that was capturing my imagination, but also an audience was enthralled by the fact that, because I didn't wear bathrobes and sandals and all that. I wore just blue jeans and a shirt and, and, but mm. I tell it, and I was telling it, telling these stories in a very modern way. And, um, <clears throat> and it just seemed to capture a lot of people's imagination. And then I began to write full length. I, I, I wanted to, uh, originally write this, uh, these, uh, prophets and Kings in a, in a play form. And okay. I wrote the first one about, Samuel and Saul in an actual, um, as a, as a stage play. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, my father, who was the chairman of the theater department at local university here in Nashville, um, uh, actually put, did a production of the play. And so I got to see, you know, how, what worked and what didn't work and, and, and that, in that storytelling format. So then mm-hmm. I, I, um, uh, Eventually, I said, "I want to. I can do. I can do more with uh, writing it in a novel form than I can in a play or a screenplay screenplay form." And um, and um, so, by 2015, five years ago, I decided that I'm going to commit and write it. Uh, write these stories as a, uh, um, a fiction or biblical fiction series. And just, you know, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have a um, uh, publisher or anything. I just said, I'm going to write because I have to. And um, right. and so I just sat down and started writing and, um, and just kept writing. And the first, you know, I got an agent who, who got then um, this, um, this, uh, uh, 
publishing deal with uh, Whitefire and David and Rosanna and um, mm-hmm. and um, Rose and and um, they sent the first they you know they committed to the first draft. Uh, Rosanna jumped in with both feet in in helping me um, in the editorial process of of fleshing out especially this character of Samuel better mm-hmm. and. and um, and uh, she just worked her wonderful editorial magic and, and um, yeah. sent it back to me, sent it back to me and said, okay, do this. <laughs> <laughs> and so do these things because this is missing. And this is, you know, I, I need Samuel to, to be more of this and less of that. And just all mm. this, all these wonderful um, I'm speaking in generalizations here, but she was very specific about, um, uh, what she felt like was missing and and needed to be fleshed out more, and so um, <clears throat> I jumped in. I did it apparently to their satisfaction, and uh, right. um, and and so um, this you know, and now the first volume is out. I have also completed volumes two and three. And oh, you've written them already? Yes, I have written them. Now I think. Uh, I know it's, I'm started a fourth and uh, I'm hoping it will be done in five. So, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm committed to completing this series as I have envisioned it and, and hope, you know, as long as I can stay in sound mind and body, I will, I will keep, you know, keep, uh, keep those fingers writing. Yeah, that's wonderful. Um, So we talked about how, it was such a different time and an ancient time. How do you go about doing your research for for that time period? Right. I um, I was very fortunate. I knew um, and I know a man, Doctor Steve Guthrie. He's the um, he's the old uh, Old Testament professor at Belmont University. And, okay. Uh, in Nashville, and um, yes, we attend the same church together, and so. Um, I called him and I said, um, you know, Steve, come, I got an idea and I just want to, you know, uh, I need a starting point. And so we met at a coffee shop and I said, this is what I'm doing. And he handed me, you know, half a dozen or so books on Old Testament and Near East or, uh, um, um, history and of ancient Babylon, Samaria and, and the Philistines and Egypt and all that stuff. So I could... I could, I could get a, I mean, and I knew some of it myself, but not in the detail that these resources, uh, um, were, um, you know, available to me. And then what probably right. one of the best books was by Abraham Herschel, um, uh, the prophets and, and he, um, you know, gives me a, which gives a sense of the role of prophet in society at that time. And um, so I had the historical nuts and bolts and I had the, the um, theological nuts and bolts that I would mm-hmm. call extra biblical texts that, um, you know, that I had was able to reference. Um, sure. Yeah. And, and to give me a feel of what it was, you know, what it was like at that time. And then the rest, you know, what I couldn't, what I couldn't uh, pinpoint uh, with, you know, a fair amount of accuracy, 
certain details of ancient rituals of uh, ancient being 3000 year old rituals i you know i just used my best judgment or best um yeah my best guess of uh, right. filling in what might have happened um sure I, and a, a perfect example of this allison is the um the scroll i mean we know that is israel were they were the they were um committed to writing down uh not just the words of yahweh but the historical relevance of their the history of their nation and so yes. we attribute uh the first 5 books uh of the old testament to moses and probably mm-hmm. a team of writers with him chronicling all of the events, you know, from Genesis up to uh, Moses' death. Um, right. We know that even God is saying, write this down. <laughs> it's not like, <laughs> I hope you remember it and pass. I mean, certainly for a while, for many of that, uh, those centuries um, leading up to Moses, they were told orally, but right. eventually they were written down. And so yes. all these, all it just chronicled their history. It gave them the identity that it, they had. And then when, who kept those scrolls? How were they, you know, how, just the ink and the calfskin, how were they used? Who stored them? Who kept them, you know, preserved and all of that stuff through all of this period? There's not any, there, there was not any documentation that I could find that said this is how it happened. And so mm-hmm. um, I gave it Samuel's, I gave Samuel the responsibility uh, in, in this first volume of uh, when the Philistines were sacking Shiloh, which Shiloh at that time was the um, place where the tabernacle was, that I gave Samuel the responsibility of gathering all the scrolls together before the Philistines came and sacked the city and kept them in his home, you know. Wow, yeah. So, um, so that's... And you you have that artistic license as the author when you can't find, you know, what actually... Happened, well, I don't know sure. if I have it. Nobody actually, uh, I didn't apply for it, but I took it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody sent me a, uh, you know, a license <laughs> saying, right. you can do this. No, I, I, I certainly took it. And that's why you, that's why you have to, in, in, in this case, and is, is call it not history, but uh, not a history book, but historical fiction. And, uh, right. and that, uh, that, that fiction, um, moniker gives you uh, the freedom to use your imagination. So mm-hmm. I took it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And that, I mean, I think it's such an interesting question too. Like where were these scrolls? Because uh, it's just so, it's such a beautiful thing that we have them, that we have that history. Oh, no. And you, you wonder how it was really preserved for that long. And the importance to these people of this word that's that's to me that's uh it's a very emotional thing that that it is a this this is this is um uh not just the history of your 
you know, your family. It's not genealogy. It's right. not roots. It's not, it's not, I mean, the, and all these, all that, or the history of a country, it is, it is something that is so personal um, mm-hmm. to Israel because uh, being the chosen people of Yahweh and, and, and they honored that uh, at least, you know, those who were the keepers of this word, they, they really honored that relationship and, um, not just it's a history book. It's a living, it's a living document. So, um, right. so I, I yeah. wanted to, you know, that, that's a big thing f- for me is to honor that throughout all of the series. And um, so. Yeah, that's good. So what are you hoping readers will take away from this book? Wow. Um, th- it, it's not like, a nonfiction book where you have, you know, you're trying to convince someone that if you um, follow this way or whatever, you're going to get this, right. you're going to reap this if you follow this way. I, I, I don't know because I don't really read or write a lot of nonfiction. Um, but it, it, it mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, a takeaway is um, I have, well, reading one's work, reading um, a, a novel or a, even a nonfiction work, that's a very intimate um, relationship that one has with one, you know, the book or and the several yes. characters in the book. So, so you know how that works. And, and the yes. commitment, the commitment that a, an individual makes to an author and his or her uh, book is, is really personal. And so, I'm my hope is that if you're willing to um, spend the time and the treasure with uh, on on what I have written, you have uh, and I have taken you to a place uh, in this fiction world um, that is pleasurable to you and that uh, you have you know you have enjoyed your time. In this story, mm-hmm. that is probably um, the biggest. Um, that's my biggest hope for for the reader, and that if they t- whatever they take away from that is what I would call the takeaway. And I don't know how to. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to determine that for an individual. I do know. Right, that sure. I, I do know that I have gotten a lot of response from readers who say, I'm reading my Bible right along <laughs> with this <Yeah. laughs> book. And, and, um, and, you know, there have been a few who said I've gone too far with my f- imagination on, on some of the, um, on some of the uh, fictional moments in the book. And that's okay because I, I honor whatever, wherever they come from. Um, mm-hmm. that's not a big deal to me. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to keep myself from using that fictional, um, imagination, whether right. I please everyone or not. But what I'm finding most of all is that I have is is the resp- response is I've never considered this. Uh, I've never considered these characters in this way before. I've never thought that Samuel would think this way. I have never thought that um, Saul would be you know this way or or that. Samuel would even have a wife. I mean, she's never even mentioned 
you know, right. uh, thinking, well, they had two boys, so that you know he didn't, right. just didn't <laughs> drop a, you know, find a couple of magic beans and pour water on them, and they were two <laughs> sons. I mean, you got to have a wife there, and um, yes, so um, you know, she didn't even get a mention, and and um, right, I thought, okay, this is just. This is not the way we write history today, obviously. So, uh, and I wanted Samuel to have a wonderful kind of relationship with his wife, and mm. um, that was very important to me. And for Hannah and Elkanah to be, you know, um, uh, um, with you know, even with their own personal struggles, they had a solid uh, uh, marriage going. And Saul and his wife. Mm. Uh, Ahinoam. I mean, she's only mentioned, I mean, you know, Samuel's wife is, doesn't even get a name. Saul's wife gets a, you know, gets a mention, but it, she's like a chronological right. list. And, uh, you know, and, and so I just wanted to bring, uh, now I'm go. <laughs> I forget the question, Allison, but <laughs> that's my answer. I just wanted to bring these characters into, into this world that, um, uh, uh, that nobody that to my knowledge has ever considered before. And, um, and those three female characters are, you know, a big reason why I'm excited when people r- reach out to me and say, gosh, I didn't, re- I didn't think Sam- of Samuel having a wife, or I didn't think that they would, uh, you know, be responding in this way um, into certain circumstances. And the disappointment of Samuel and Shira, his wife, um, with their boys, and the struggle that they had with two sons who ended up being, you know, real reprobates. We're all parents, right. or those of us who are parents, we know what that's like to have uh, to, to have concerns for our kids and expressing that in a very, um, in a very, um, poignant way, which, so there's multiple takeaways. I guess that to come, it's a long convoluted answer for which I apologize. (laughs) That's okay. But, but the takeaways are the biggest ones are people who, who have reached out to me that say how expansive, their perceptions are as a result of reading this book on what, uh, you know, what they remember of the biblical stories. And I guess that's, you know, and to be drawn closer to God, if that's, you know, if that's, if that's the, if that's possible, which is, you know, that's a tall order, but I, I, um, you know, it's, I think it, it's definitely possible because anytime you dive into something that's, you know, even though you fabricated some of it, it's still scripture. It's still um, just a time that's portrayed in scripture. And so right. we think if we're, if we're like living there while we're reading the book, we're obviously focused on right. God and what he's told us in his word. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, <laughs> it's certainly not a replacement for it, but it is no. a. It is certainly um, an opportunity to feel these characters, uh, or imagine how these characters came to do and say 
the things they did and said in the biblical text. Right, yeah. And it could encourage people to go to their Bibles and right. say, oh, I want to read this yeah. story and see see how much of it actually came from Scripture. Right, so. right. So you you mentioned before you're an actor. You wear a few different hats. Yeah. Um, so when we first spoke on the phone a couple weeks ago, I thought, this gentleman has a wonderful voice. <laughs> and <laughs> then I went to your website later and discovered that you are an audiobook narrator as right. well as an actor. Right. So can you tell us how you got involved in all those different things? First of all, I appreciate your compliment about my voice. That's purely DNA. And I got, lucky. <laughs> I got lucky with my parents that they, you know, they had the gene gave me a good voice. Um, right. Um, but, um, and then of course it's, you know, it's trained as an actor uh, to, yes. to, to, to use that for the stage and um, which just naturally went into eventually um, became an, an audio book um, uh, opportunities. But um <clears throat> I guess being in the theater, uh, my parents were both actors. Uh, my dad and the mm. teacher, and then my mom became, I was able to perform. We were able to perform in several different uh, venues together. And um, until my mom became a journalist and uh, uh, for the Nashville Tennessean. But mm. my dad and I, we continued to work together um, up until he, you know, retired. But um <clears throat> So I, you know, the art of storytelling is an art, and and uh, even though the formats of of playwriting or screenwriting or, or novels, um, uh, they are, you know, they all have in in a way the, the same foundation, and um, <clears throat> so learning to and being exposed to great theater theatrical literature and then you know just great literature in general that was my parents encouraged uh, and then alongside the biblical uh, the emphasis and 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 the importance to scripture th that scripture was to our our faith um that 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 all just kind of had a harmonic convergence i guess and and mm. uh, and and inspired my own imagination and i i found out you know after, after years of kind of wandering around in the sixties <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, I could act and I could write and mm -hmm. I, attribute, I attribute this real discovery with, uh, to my father, um, who was cast as Don Quixote in Man of La Mancha in 1970, uh, in a production in Nashville. And he, you know, I think behind the scenes, um, he's had a conversation with the director and said, Hey, give my kid a chance. And, um, and so, um, the director did, and I found out that, Hey, wow, I'm pretty good at this, um, naturally. And I need the training, but, uh, it got me to start. And, um, <clears throat> and so learning mm -hmm. the art of telling a story in whatever format it is, um, mm -hmm. format it might be that is um, it was that exposure and that education uh, that I got um, that just um, allowed me the um, the opportunities to um, apply that craft 
um, <clears throat> of understanding character, understanding how uh, a plot can be developed, understanding how um, uh, uh, characters grow and the arc of characters, and uh, and then just the you know if you love language and uh, you know how to write a sentence. Uh, you know, it just kind of automatically begins to flow out of you and, um, <clears throat> and then have a good editor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that helps. Um, so it all, I mean, it really comes back to a good story, mm-hmm. all of those different facets of your career. Um, and you mentioned when you were talking about what you people or. I asked you what you hope people will get from this novel. Um, you mentioned like it's not like a a nonfiction book, but I think um, I think people sometimes can glean more from a story even without realizing it. Right. Um, so this is a question I ask all of my guests. Um, so how do you think learning about history through story? helps us approach life in the present. Well, that famous um, uh, Santiago or San, yeah, you know, if you, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. Um, yes. It, Sometime it, I'm going to put together all the authors who've said that quote on my of course, of show course you and, should. And, and run, run, a, run it as a <laughs> bonus episode or something. <laughs> But but the thing about it, it's a great quote. I mean, is, that's I what mean, comes how, to mind. Every how time. do you improve on that? Um, right. You can't. And so, um, I guess we we are given every generation is given the opportunity to not repeat <laughs> the sin, you yes. know, the, the 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 flaws and sins and 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 all of that of our of the previous generation. It, it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to work, but um, it um, it is uh, it's it is something to aspire to, and I think if we really there's two things of the uh, uh, way I would respond to that, Allison, is to know that we as human beings nothing has changed in our human nature. And mm-hmm. it, from, you know, from Adam and Eve and, and on down, we are um, complex and contradictory and, um, uh, uh, you know, bewildered many, much of the time. <laughs> and, and, and so we think, oh, yeah, well, back in the Bible days or back in the olden days, it was so much better. And, and it's not. <laughs> it's not. Um, they would be just as confused with social media today as, as we are. And, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> they just don't they just didn't get the news as fast as we can. And um, which makes right. I know, which makes me, in a way, long for those days when uh, it, it took three months to get a letter, as opposed to yes. three seconds. And um, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I guess part of that is for us to, for me, uh, to be able to identify the fact that 
you know, um, Samuel and Shira and Hannah and Elkanah and Saul and Ahinoam and all the kids and and the characters in between in this first novel, they feel uh, just like we do. They they you know they have aspirations, they have um, problems, they have you know just like us. And those stories, yes, albeit they are three thousand years old. These are people just like us. And then the yes. second part of that question is, if we can learn from that and, mm-hmm. and, and, and learn from their lives and choices, that's a big thing, choices, um, mm-hmm. learn from that, then perhaps the way we treat one another can also can, uh, um be improved and we right. we certainly need that improvement in in you know spades in this time day and time to be able to yes. treat one another with a love and kindness and respect grace mercy forgiveness all of those virtues that we know um uh, uh that that uh, we we want to embrace um that if if we can learn from that and then apply it to our life today, um, I think then there is less of a chance that we do are doomed to repeat the histories uh, of our previous generations. <clears throat> right. So, Henry, it was great talking to you. Where can listeners find you online? What's the best way to follow you? Oh, I guess... Uh, I mean, I'm on Facebook, uh, okay. Henry O. Arnold on Facebook, and I will write something about every month. Um, at least something will pop up there. Uh, that um, mm-hmm. And my website, henryoarnold.com, you can go there and read past stories that I've written on my blog and, and, uh, and see, you know, past things that I've done in film and theater. And and Chip right. Arnold, um, my I also have a Chip Arnold page, which is you know just a general page. Uh, so I have those two Facebook pages, and um, <clears throat> and that's probably the easiest way to stay current. I am in the process of working with um, my web designer and um, and White Fire into developing more of a more of a. I guess, for lack of a better term, social media presence. Um, mm. And um, <clears throat> I'm not very good at that, so um, I, I need help. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, so. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it is, it is hard to keep up with that. Right, right. Um, I just want to write books and have conversations with, you know, people like you, Allison. So. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, that's what I enjoy too the most. Right. Um, and I forgot I was going to um, clarify when can we expect the next installment of this series? Well, I wish <laughs> I could know tell yet. you. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say, uh, you know, give you a drop date. Follow you on Facebook. Yes, and you'll let follow us know. me on Facebook. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Yes, just follow me on Facebook because once I. Once I know the commitment and the date uh, of, of, or at least the time frame when uh, Volume Two would be coming out, um, and that the the, uh, the title of that is called "The Rise of the Wolf," 
and um, that's the mm-hmm. rise of King Saul's kingdom as a as, or or him as a king, and he's from the tribe okay. of Benjamin, and the tribe of Benjamin's um, moniker was. Um, uh, was a wolf uh, based on the, oh really well it's based on the blessings that Jacob gave to his twelve sons um, okay and uh, you know he, you go back to the Genesis forty nine forty eight forty nine when Jacob is blessing the sons um, yes he um, you know describes them in a very specific way and yes I remember and so I had forgotten that his was yeah. a wolf but. oh yeah I mean it's just wonderful. Do you have a newsletter list also? Well, see, I guess that's what they're talking to me about, about making a, yes. uh, a newsletter <laughs> of some kind <laughs> that would go out on email. and You'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> People can follow you on Facebook for now. For now. Right. For now. Yes. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. And I will, um, I will look forward to future conversations. Yes. So will I. So friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Listen, I have stayed in touch with Henry since I did this interview, and it's been a couple months. And so some of the things he talked about have actually come into existence. He now has a newsletter. If you go to his website at henryoarnold.com, you can sign up for his newsletter there. I'm on his newsletter list myself. Um, Also, the second installment of this series is coming out in the fall or early December. And the title will be The Rise of the Wolf King. And that will be from Whitefire Publishing as well. So I just wanted to update you guys on those things and let you know that it is the second installment is coming. So go grab the first one. So you'll be ready for the second book when it comes out. You can find links to everything Henry O. Arnold in the show notes, which can be found at alisontreat.com slash blog. That's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T dot com slash B-L-O-G. So head there and use those links to purchase his book and to um, peruse his website, sign up for his newsletter, all those good things. Also, you know what I'm going to ask you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe and also leave a star rating and review. You can join our Facebook group at Historical Fiction Unpacked podcast group on Facebook if you search it or just go to the show notes and there will be a link there. Also, the latest thing is this month I have a Patreon page. You can sign up and support the show and support my work and I would be indebted to you for life. So um, check out all those good things on the show notes or go to patreon.com slash Alice a treat. Allison has one L. It's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-E-A-T. Thank you so much for joining and for listening today. I'm going to leave you with the quote that Henry referenced when I asked him my famous question. It's from George Santayana. And what he said was, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So keep reading historical fiction, my friends, and I will talk to you again next week. 